0: Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Welcome to an extraordinary episode of my podcast where I have the privilege of sitting down with the remarkable Michael Buble. In this candid conversation, We delve into the incredible journey of a global superstar who at 47 has gracefully evolved from a symbol of musical excellence and style to finding his voice as a man. Michael Buble is a name synonymous with timeless classics and vocal brilliance. He signed his record deal with reprise records almost two decades ago, setting his sights on a mission that would shape his career. Not only did he vow to keep the flames of the great classics of the American songbook alive, but he also infused them with his unique style, vocal power and unwavering passion. I sat down with Michael Buble initially on the eve of his Australian tour to discuss the launch of his new fragrances, but the conversation just evolved into something so much bigger as all good conversations do. Join us as we explore the depths of Michael's personal transformation and the challenges he faced even as a superstar. Our conversation delves into the often unspoken struggles, such as the famous imposter syndrome that can haunt even the most accomplished individuals. We explore wellness, both spiritual and physical, constructing a lovable persona The transformative power of crisis and pain, and recognizing that these experiences can shape us in ways we never anticipated. One fascinating aspect is that we explore the remarkable connection between fragrance, music, and memory. You know, that's a topic I love. Michael shares his insights on the profound emotional resonance that fragrances can evoke, paralleling the evocative power of his own music. Beyond the crooner image and glamour, Michael Bublé invites us to his private world as a devoted husband and a father of four, and share some jaw-dropping insights around moments that changed him forever. I invite you to get ready to embark on an unforgettable experience with the one and only Michael Bublé. This episode will leave you inspired, moved, and with a newfound appreciation for the power of music resilience. And self discovery. I really hope you enjoy it. Well, I am so excited to be here with you in real life, the most deeply normal recruit of a certain secret organization of Forever Young, the ageless, dude, you. Michael Boulet. Thank you very much.
1: You look absolutely stunning An in age- your gorgeous red dress and ageless. And even your friend who came to film this, she looks like she's a cross between. I don't, I, she's hot, and yet she looks like Keanu Reeves in the Matrix movies.
0: Well, this I just good.
1: want her to dodge bullets and shit. She looks good.
0: I have, like, so many questions to ask you. Okay, let's go. And I have stories to tell you. you go. So do you want me to start with my stories, and then you reply? Sure. And, like Yeah, in I'm interested. Because you've been in my life for, like, 20 years. I oh. want you to know this. Thank you. I feel like you've been the soundtrack to... The big celebrations, a yeah. couple of weddings, a couple of divorces, some heartbreak, some elation, a baby. Like making the baby? Or- no, but you were my lullaby. Everything was my lullaby to Lily. Hmm. So you've been around and deeply in my life. And then you brought out fragrance.
1: So again, I'm just going to go one more time. <laughs> so I was a part of heartbreak, celebration, weddings,
0: yeah. divorces. babies,
1: divorces, pain, but never anything sexy. Never a sexy time.
0: No, never sexy time, but we could change all that. <laughs> it hurts a little bit. But this is what I was going to say. Is that Sheeran ever been invited to sexy time? What about Bruno Mars? He's not my guy. They are not my guy. Who guys. do you listen to? I can't tell you, but they're not my guys. I'm going to go with Harry. He also drinks the blood of the
1: virgin. What do you mean? You're talking he's part of your sexy time?
0: Yeah, in my
1: head. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't think Megan was going to be very
0: happy about that. Not that, Harry. But no, oh I was just messing with <laughs>
1: I thought that would be funny because he's the only other area I know. Okay, right. I know them, you know.
0: What? I know Harry and Megan. Oh, you do? Mm
1: hmm.
0: Are you going to tell me what their secret sauce you is? You want to
1: hear the dirt? Oh, yeah, I do.
0: I'm not telling you. Oh, that. God.
1: I'm just kidding. They won't let me into that. Thing. I know that. So tell me your
0: stories. Well, my stories are all about you because I think I was living in Paris. And a friend of mine, who was the editor of GQ at the time, came to my apartment with the CD and goes, You have to hear this guy. And I said, What's this? And he goes, Yo, This is going to change me." And I said, How's it going to change music? And he goes, The gentleman is back. Oh, wow. really? Wow. So he's the editor of GQ. So he knew a thing or two about trend forecasting. Mm-hmm. And it was your CD, your first CD. And we listened to it. And I used to live in the first Arundel Smart, and I used to live in Geraldine Chaplin's apartment, and I had Chaplin on my doorbell. Okay. So it was a shit beautiful apartment, and I remember so vividly, like core memory, of putting your CD on and listening to it, and going, "Oh my god!" And it was, the, you know, all the big American songbook yeah, yeah. and, and, yeah. and covers. So that was my the, my first interaction with you, and I do feel that you pivoted at a time where. Men were kind of lost about how to present themselves. And Mm. then you came along. Wow.
1: I don't think I knew what I was doing, but thank you. I feel like I was so immature and so young for my age. Like, I was 27 when I got signed, but really I was 13. Really? At 32, I was like 17. And at 35, I was 20.
0: Man, you came across as so sophisticated. Thank you,
1: Warner Brothers, for marketing yeah, me that um, way. Yeah, listen, you were no. good. Listen, I've always been sophisticated.
0: Uh, but also- I've always
1: been sophisticated. Now, listen. I I play the character. And for so many years, I found my the superhero that I wanted to be. The alter ego that I wanted to be. Oh,
0: that's beautiful.
1: And so I, all of the people that I ever looked up to, all the guys that I thought were so cool, and like, you know, I wanted, I wanted to have the, you know, I wanted to sort of have uh, all of these characteristics that I, that I thought were so hip, you know, and they were Teflon and I was so young and I didn't know who I was. And so when I went on stage, I would find all of these, you know, I would find like the coolness of Steve McQueen and that, that sort of that, the humor of, I don't know, you know, um, some of my favorite actors and. And I would sort of put them all together and become this character. Mm-hmm. And so I had no idea who I was unless I was on stage, because in real life I was a completely just a kid, you know. But um, but it worked. I faked it until I made it. And then I started to find and out that's who I was. Did you create
0: that persona, or did you have a team of people advising
1: you? No, I had no one advising you, But we we all create that persona. Mm-hmm. You tell me. You you created a persona. One
0: hundred percent. Right. And can I ask you a question?
1: Yeah. Do people know where you stole that from?
0: I tell people because I have a podcast and I have a lot okay. of stories. So who me. are they? So different moments, different types. I'm an immigrant to yeah. Australia. From so Iran. You. So when I came here, I was a fish out of water and yeah. I wanted desperately to be an Australian girl. So I looked for key characteristics of little girls that didn't look like me. And I adopted them and uh, appropriated them as my own. And I... Taught myself certain things that my parents couldn't teach me because they weren't from sure. this culture. Yeah. Then I got, as I got a little bit older, it was pop icons, um, Madonna. Sure. It was like a Stylistically. Cute, stylistically, but also with that bravado. Absolutely. And
1: That's and what it, I meant more, that she's a tough, and independent. And Dynasty,
0: thing. Dallas. You yeah, know, I'm a child of the 80s. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Alexis Colby Carrington mm-hmm. and those big, bold characters of the 80s. Mm-hmm. I think I'm channeling a bit of Alexis today. Yes. For you um and then you know as you get older you evolve so for me it's really interesting to hear your story that that beautiful sophisticated swipe character that changed the way a generation of men showed up was something that you constructed
1: yeah i heard something really interesting too i was uh a few three or four maybe five years ago i started to feel stylistically i was stunted you know i was like oh my god i'm I'm wearing the same suit I'm in a hey, black, you know, I'm just, I'm boring. I'm wearing the same black suit, you know, white shirt, black tie. And uh, someone from Warner who had come from one of the other companies, she said, uh, what are you talking about? And I said, yeah, we got we to reimagine re-im- me. We have to start again. And she was like, mm, you don't have to. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, listen, and if I tell you the names, so she said, she was working with two of, they're the biggest, or at one point were easily the biggest male stars in, in the world gay like Harry Styles asked, kind of. Yeah. And uh, she said our marketing meeting was going through your photos of your record covers and your stuff, and literally going, okay, we need to put him in this. He needs to wear this. This one needs to wear this. And all this time, I was I was hating on myself because what I was doing was so boring. It's a classic, you know, white shirt and a black tie and a black suit. And all this time, these dudes who I was watching on television and I was going, oh my god, he's so cool. Oh my god, the girls are going crazy for
0: They wanted to they be were fucking
1: looking at my shit and going, Hey, so it's funny how and you it's know so I have way. I have a very interesting thing that happened that I have not shared with anyone. No one. For the first fifteen years after I got signed, I had always been the character on stage, especially. I had been the amalgamation of all my heroes and I had built this this cool dude and when my son Noah got sick I I never thought I'd come back forever never like I really that <clears throat> never thought I would ever ever come back I thought I was done <clears throat> fell very out of love with music and everything else and he got better and I came back and when I came back my first show was in England somewhere it was like it was like 50 or 70 thousand people and I walked out on stage and I was me. For the first time in my life, I was me. I, oh, I was vulnerable. I was me. And it felt really liberating. And I was like, wow, I'm me. And I was, but here's the weird part. I did a whole tour and I felt great. But something changed. I watched my audience change. I, they, 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 they still liked what I was doing, but it wasn't the same. Girls weren't screaming. Girls weren't passing right. out. And I was like, I could feel it. And I was like, wow, this is so before this tour started, I called up my wife and I was like, you know what, Lou? I think I gotta be, I gotta be him again. Because as much as I love being me, it, it's not working. They they didn't come, they didn't pay that much money to come and see me. They came to see him. The fantasy. The fantasy. And I walked out, and my wife came to the first show, and I went right back into character. And no joke, I made fun of it, but girls were, they were passing it. They were, girls were screaming and they were dropping. I kept stopping the show so that <laughs> the, the, the paramedics, no, it would, they would come through. And I, and my wife was at the show and, uh, and she looked sad. And I said to her, so, and she said, uh, I said, what do you think? She said, it hurts me a little bit. She said, because I can see that you're, you're him again. You're the guy that I, I used to go and see and, she said, I used to like it when you were you and you were talking about us and the kids and you know you were I could see you were vulnerable. And she said, but I I understand. She said, I I see how effective it is. I see how much you enjoy playing him. I see how much the audience it, it excites them. It starts to there's a vibration that happens and you can it is palpable. I mean you can yeah. Feel it, and for me, is
0: it addictive for you? Well,
1: it became addictive because yeah. I, went, I went. It's healthy for me, and I don't know about you. I was going This was where I was gonna take you. I have such separate lives, and I always say that that suit—I call it the bat
0: suit—that
1: mm. two hours a day, it is completely fragmented, completely different from my life. I for two hours, I am a superhero and it comes off and I, I'm back to being Michael who like just a normal dude. Does it change for you ever? Because I know I have friends, that, they get locked in and then once they're in, there is no separation. They're always that character. But do you have a moment where you go home
0: and- I have to, I have- You have to a dual Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Do, they, do they know that? Well, she does. <laughs> ah, I, see. It's, funny when I see. it's funny, before I finish
1: that question, she was already Not nodding <laughs> her head.
0: Yes, yes. I have um, Baha that I've constructed, yes. which is super high energy and a certain strength. And then I have Bibi, which is the softer, more vulnerable, very stripped-back version of me. And I have softened as I've gotten older. Yeah. It's really interesting for me to hear someone of your experience and and the world that you occupy that you gave yourself permission at a certain age at a certain stage because of something that was so seismic in your universe sure. it opened up you know your desire to to front up as the the core you
1: part of that was honestly was was a fundamental uh, i my, there was an explosion where the, the real, the question, well, I kept saying that, well, nothing matters. Yeah. None of this shit matters. All that matters is me being me and kind and good. And, and I got, you know, I got very, I was broken down. It's all I cared about was, you know, just trying to, you know, thank the universe, God, whatever you want to call it for, all for giving, you know, giving me this, my son. And that became. You I know,
0: mean? I do. Very much about that. I do. And it's interesting because on the podcast, one of the things, you know, we talk a lot about um, physical transformation, but also with that concept of longevity and agelessness and wellness comes the concept of, you know, who are you at your core and mm. your soul and the evolutionary stages that you had. And they don't call it a midlife crisis or they don't call it a a breakdown for no reason. It deconstructs you, right? And there are moments in your life that construct you and there are moments in your life that deconstruct you and then you have to rise. And that goes kind of back to my story about your songs are part of the fabric, part of these core experiences in my life where, you know, even now when I hear them, they're either part of, the deconstruction or the reconstruction sure. of the moments of my life. Sure. And because you kind of play in that space of celebration, yes, I, you know, I think that it's very evocative. And to me, fragrance and music are so intimate. I agree. So, it's the same part of the brain I'm that really responds. Agree. Absolutely. It's the same part. So, and I love fragrance. I was born in France. My father gave me my first fragrance when I was five years old. Uh, and I would love to know why you decided to go into fragrances, because to me there's a natural link, but I want to hear your story as to why. Money,
1: money was the reason. Yeah, right. I loved making money. And uh, so the deal came. Seriously?
0: uh, Are we really, like really, you don't have a love of fragrance?
1: Well, it didn't start that way. Wow! I'm sure I have a love of fragrance like anyone else. I have a love of fragrance. Dream. No, my it's dream was not to be not a perfumer. My, my dream, dream was to own a hockey team. My honestly, you want to know the truth? Yeah, I do. My dream was to be a fire truck. <laughs> so literally, be a To tra- like a <laughs> truck. Tra- 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 well, like not a transformer. Oh. Okay, could build me and I could do it.
0: Okay, using character now. Okay, <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I want my You're guys. asking me. I want
1: the real Michael. I'm giving you the real Michael. My dream, my dream was to be a hockey and I was shit my dream was to be uh to play Spider-Man and there was no way that that was going to happen it was never to be a perfumer no I don't even know what that I'm a I'm a I'm a man's man I'm a hockey playing football playing Canadian whiskey drinking (laughs) Canadian boy the deal came I always like fragrance sure sure like I used to like I used to wear uh in high school we tell,
0: me, uh, tell me tell
1: oh um, me can God. I bring you Eternity mm-hmm. I love Eternity can mile. I be honest with you I still love Eternity for me yeah, that it. smell is so it's good it's my first
0: kiss it's my me friend. too and so, like, my, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: so like it was my yeah that's exactly right so it's everyone's like
0: everyone's first kiss He's and like I like Jeep.
1: it was weird yep, but it yep. smelled good and it was like, like obsession <laughs> obsession when
0: you grew session up before, man. Uh-huh. um did you wear for a i did,
1: did eh, no but i had a friend named steve who used to wear it and it smelled good on. <laughs> i was always jealous because it didn't smell but i was so this company comes to me and they go here's a boatload of money to do a perfume okay and i say no oh you said no i said no i don't want to do it i'm not that's not my stuff i'm not that guy did you say I'm in 20 not-
0: years i'm going to meet this girl whose only dream is to make a perfume and she's
1: going to step in. The so I wrote my dad an email and I was like, Dad, this is a lot of money and I don't like it. In my gut, is saying no. And he went, How much money? And I sent him the amount of money and he said, You're an idiot if you don't do this. So I still have, I, I would like to think that I have not only business acumen, but I'd like to think that I have a lot of pride. And so I called my manager and I said, Okay, Bruce, I will do this but I need full control. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I go, I want to go to the chemist. I want to be with the perfumers. I said,
0: he wants to make the flowers. He wants to make the flowers.
1: I went and flew and spent three days. Congrats. No, I went to the, the, whatever, where whatever it was called. Where they, they call and No, where they make the chemical. Oh, the, in the
0: labs. In the labs.
1: Oh, okay. And I literally went, I drove them crazy. For, by invitation. It took me so long. I had six test bottles and they kept going, we need, we need to go, we need to go. And I said, we're not going, we're not doing it. I bet that loved
0: you in eight, that life. Eight, eight, eight.
1: <laughs> well, then it got worse. Then,
0: can I have that bottle? Yes, this is what I really like. Then, <laughs> it feels like a labor of love. i sad to hear.
1: We made this and, and I was like, okay, this is good. I love this. Then they brought me the prototype bottle
0: yeah, I and know. I was
1: in a dressing room getting ready for a show, and the bottle came, and they were like, "We've made however many thousand of these," and I went, like, "This looks cheap. Oh. I don't like the, the cover. I don't like the shape. I don't like this tongue, I don't like the thing. I don't like the uh, the, uh, the script. The script. I named this. I had. I came up with three, something like three thousand different names. Oh my God. I was like, I was in. You know what? I had worked my ass off for years to earn the respect and trust of an audience and I wasn't going to throw it away so they could throw my nose on something. So I like dove in and then it became something that I was passionate about because then I knew I could not go. I kept saying my manager, I'm not going to go, I'm not doing interviews. I'm not sitting with journalists. I'm not going to hawk something and it sucks. And so I was really, I was, it was important for me. And then this came, they went back. It cost them a bunch of money. I think people wanted to kill me.
0: But then and you created Eau de parfum. It's not even an Eau de Toilette. They're all Eau de Parfum. Yes.
1: And this, even this day. cap didn't used to come off correctly. When they did the prototype, it used to bust. And I would call them and go, no, we're not. Anyway, um, they probably wanted to sue me a million times. And here we are, however many years into and a partnership. And you're six. Uh, a, in- new, a new, a new company came in bought this, became partners with me. And I can say this because they're sitting in this room, but I would talk up behind their back as much as I would in front of it. They're good people. They're good people. When my, when I went through, what I went through with my family, there was never an expectation. They were always patient with me They They become family with me. I don't even know where the deal's at now, but I know this, if they want to re up on the deal, I would now, I would say yes and, and go again because it has become a completely um uh, different partnership my only thing is i refuse to talk about it like i'm a perfumer like i'll say to them oh, before I... we get going they'll say like well, you tell them what the notes no no i will not i i have now hired and worked with the greatest perfumers in the world i'm not going to sit here and tell you that i'm uh, you know that i that i i'm at the warehouse doing it i don't so
0: you know what i'm interested in something that you said you talked about the partnership you have with the your company. fragrance company. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure you've signed a lot of contracts mm-hmm. in in the past twenty years of your career. And as you said, you were twenty seven when you first started. So you have a very different approach and you perhaps you're excited that people are paying you attention and they want you. So you, you do a different deal. And now at 47, it's a really different way of doing business. Mm-hmm. And i what I'm hearing is that it's the love, the respect, Oh, the trust that is what is so attractive and important to you. Um, and I'm wondering if those values meant as much to 27-year-old you as they do to 47-year-old
1: you. Uh, they always yeah. I mean, listen, I was 27 when I got signed, but I was 16 when I started working wow. at the club. So it's been a little, you know, more than half my life. But, yeah, I mean, you know the reason I got here and the reason that you're here. And you don't you don't get here and you don't stay here because you're lucky, and you don't get here and stay here because you're so nice and courteous. You're all those things, but, but you do have a great yeah,
0: reputation. Sure,
1: but I'm also I'm also tough. I also um, I have a, a deep, high expectation for the people I work with, for the people that I work for, for the people who work for me. That we all conduct business in the same way. My this is going to sound so rudimentary, but my dad is a big part. He's my business partner. And he, and we would go to restaurants and he would always say to me, son, if people feel they're being respected and given value for the hard earned money, they'll always come back. They'll always come back. But the moment, the moment they feel like you've disrespected them, the moment they feel and it, and by the way, it isn't a, a matter of can they afford it or can't they afford it. It's not how much. It's the principle. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was always about the principle. And um, one of the coolest days ever was when this came out. Um, they went and they, they had some like, 60 journalists in New York. And they booked all these rooms. And um, and they, they they smelled it. They And every interview before the interview would start i would now talked to these people for years and years, but before the interview started, they'd say, good for you. It's really good.
0: Um, yeah. It is really good. Yeah.
1: They would go, I hope, I hope, you know, I hope it does well for you. It should, because obviously, and I don't want to talk shit about. <laughs> what? Like,
0: I'm just dying to know who you don't want to talk shit about. Oh, I don't want to
1: talk shit, but uh, we, we don't have <laughs> to say it, but, but how many of these, uh, Celeb partnerships and endorsements
0: yeah.
1: are horrible because they didn't care. They never cared. Give me the money. I'll put my name on it. They don't
0: give a shit. Well, you're number one in Australia Chemist Warehouse. Is that real? Is yes. that true? Legit true. Actually, Damn. number one. Australia. Uh, and, and that's
1: just not my mom going and, like and buying this market
0: is the Your biggest isn't isn't that true? I
1: think my mom buys more than anyone else, literally. She keeps filling up the bags and taking
0: them home. Well, you're doing something right. So the sauce is good. Yeah. Your reputation is good. Okay. Your energy is good. The Batman suit still works. So I just want to finish up by asking, What do you do to keep your energy and your you know? the Batman suit alive, you know, you said that you don't want any close-ups because you haven't had your Botox. Oh. I've had a lot of Botox. I don't <laughs> mind about the close-ups. But um, I'm curious. Rick, but do you have like a, a health wellness? Yes, I do. What do you do? I have a
1: deep faith. I have a beautiful wife who loves me and is the leader and the matriarch of our family, has brought us through hell. Um got a great mom and dad. My grandma and grandpa, I love. We miss them. But I are good people. You know, and um, I got four kids who drive me nuts and keep me young and um, my life is so good. My life is so good, I'm so blessed. I'm so and I try good. never to read, I never read about myself.
0: Okay. Will and you listen to my podcast? I will
1: listen to your podcast. You I promise? never I promise. <laughs> I never uh, I never believe the good things because I'm afraid if I believe the good things I'll have to believe the bad things. Yeah, fair. and I try to stay just I just try to stay in the lane and, and do things in the right way. That's it. Wow. And I'm still a failure. Because you know what? I have days when I wake up and go, you suck. And they're going to find out. Just like we all do, right? But we all feel that. All of us feel that.
0: Yeah. Yes. And then
1: the next time you see me, it'll probably be a long time. Because I won't be back for a long time. But when I do, we're going to do so much Botox.
0: Oh, my God.
1: You, do, you can get as close as
0: but it's not and just the tops. Totally I wanna, I wanna see some surgery. I wanna Ooh. see, I wanna see it all. Like, what
1: would you do if you were me? What would you start with? Oh my god,
0: I don't know. You've got, you've got that's... a great head of hair. You've got perfect skin. You've got beautiful teeth. You're slim. You're fit. But like, I just don't know if you have a brother. I look bigger. Do you that. have a brother? I don't.
1: Damn it. I don't.
0: You could have like gone to matchmaking heaven. That, that's that's yeah, me. You know mean. what's
1: amazing? You complimented me, and I'm getting sweaty. <laughs> Like all of a sudden, no, yeah, I'm getting, I like, I'm yeah, getting well, insecure. That's right.
0: that's no, no, no! I'm just gonna drink
1: more of this coconut water.
0: Well, that's your secret sauce. Thank, thank you so
1: much coffee. for watching the podcast, everybody. It has been a pleasure for oh. me.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure for me. I want to thank you so much, and thank you for being an anxious so, news.
1: You're such a sweet lady. Oh my God! Such
0: it's such a pleasure to meet you, it's such a and to meet you too. I really appreciate your time. It's, thank you. It was really a joy. I would a joy. love
1: a moment where one day I can see you in like a baby mode
0: baby mode like well i'm gonna come to your come concert house, oh,
1: just you just
0: i'll wear my dressing gown to your concert <laughs> are you coming
1: yeah have you been before no i have no been before. you have no idea what you're about to yeah see. i'm
0: coming Then i'm gonna faint it is so much different and i different bring my, my daughter you. <laughs> you are coming we are coming
1: but where are you coming in sydney
0: Friday.
1: is that the first one yeah it's gonna be so good oh my god I want to shout out. <laughs> <laughs> sure, i
0: will give you a shout out. Do you know what you're wearing? I'll wear this again if you like. Sure. <laughs>
1: so that you recognize me. That's that girl. What are you going to sing?
0: Every, everything. That's the lullaby I sing to my daughter. I'm bringing her so that you can sing the lullaby to my daughter. Okay, cool. Okay. 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 Thank you. Not at all. I can't wait to see you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that.